Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Exciting edition of the Thought Police with me, Mike Graham, and him, Kevin O'Sullivan. Kevin O'Sullivan, and uh, we're sitting here recording this, having just seen a couple of royal stories. Right, we don't normally talk about the royal family, apart from when it's old uh, Harry and Meghan. <laughs> yeah. um, and we're trying not to talk too much about them this year. But uh, the King and the Princess of Wales are both involved in some kind of medical drama. Yeah, well, I was on air uh, when you, you you'll probably be listening to this a couple of days hence, but I was mm. on air. On uh, Wednesday afternoon, around about two o'clock, suddenly uh, we're in the middle of a big show about the Rwanda bill, obviously. Uh, it emerges, it is announced that uh, Kate, Princess of Wales, has had major abdominal surgery and uh, is going to spend at least two weeks in hospital and won't be seen again until Easter. It then emerged that actually we haven't seen her since Christmas Day. Uh, this was elective surgery, uh, it was booked, preordained, as it were. And uh, therefore, she's clearly been feeling very unwell yes. since Christmas. Well, I mean, as somebody who uh, had some surgery not that long ago, yeah. I mean, the thing about it is, is that people don't realise, I suppose, how serious operations are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you do need, as I know well better than anyone, a lot of time to recover. But two weeks is, 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 is not long to actually recover. But what it is unusual is that they're keeping her in hospital. Yeah, we're not going to speculate, uh, you know, because uh, that's not fair. Uh, but whatever it is, it's really serious. Because mm. nobody spent, uh, only uh, when you have a very serious operation do you have to stay in hospital for as many as uh, two weeks right. and also uh, to cancel all engagements till the Easter. So we wish her all the best. And then, uh, oh my God, uh, it emerged the same day, same afternoon, the king is going to hospital uh, for treatment now, on an enlarged right. prostate. Now, this is where it starts to get interesting, right? Because why has he announced that the same day? Re- right? Good point. Good because point. surely they would have known, no matter what's going on here, neither of these things is particularly emergency related, right? So we've been told that yeah, Kate yeah, is, is sort of going in for something or has had some surgery on something that she knew was a problem. He presumably... Must, must have known that he's gotten in late. He hasn't just decided this morning, has it, to go in and get an operation? No, it's a, that is a really so, good thought of that. I just wonder why they're both coming in the same day. I guess to get them out of the way. And right. to be fair to both Kate uh, William and uh, King Charles, at least they're acknowledging that, uh, you know, they understand the public are interested in yeah. them. They have a curiosity about them. And this is called a trade-off. And I don't want to make put score points here, but they understand that their privacy is one thing, but people not will want to invade it, but we want to know stuff about them. They're the royal family, and there is a certain couple over in California who don't understand no. uh, that interactivity that is required between the people 
and the Royals. And uh, you might expect us to make facetious juvenile jokes at this point, but now is not the time. No. Uh, what, no. I th- what I think we can make some uh, facetious uh, <laughs> juvenile jokes about is this will, this Royals, these two Royal, massive Royal stories emerging uh, will extraordinarily keep the fucking Rwanda bill off yeah. the front page. Well, do you know, I'm, I'm just online at the moment as we speak, and I can't find any trace of um, the Rwanda bill. All <laughs> seems to have fallen so far down the agenda that it's disappeared. Yeah, well, uh, what you might miss... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's literally gone. We're, so we're, this is Wednesday, so we're anticipating the uh, newspapers tomorrow morning. Yeah. It'll be all about Kate and the King, yeah. and then there might be a little blob at the top of the front page saying, turn to page two for the end of the Tory government. Yes. And uh, Rishi resigning. And also, actually, it'll be a story that most people wouldn't care that much about because they know it's coming. It's just a matter of when yeah. is it coming, right? Yeah. I mean, let's talk about the Rwanda bill uh, because, as I say, we can be childish about this. And also, I think, I hope, perceptive. Yes, of course. Uh, uh, it's what we're known for. Yeah, it's childishness <laughs> and perceptiveness. Uh, um, Rishi Sunak... I mean, he's chosen to fucking die on this hill. And whether, again, we've got to sort of frame this. We don't know what the result of the big uh, vote on no. the main all bill the politi- will all be. All the politicos are going, oh, he's going to squeeze through. Squeeze it through. Well, I still think he's fucked. I think he's fucked. Either way. Whether or not it gets through. Yeah. I think that's true, because if it does get through, it doesn't work, right? So therefore, it won't stop the votes. So therefore, the main purpose of it will be pointless. And Rwanda have now said, apparently, that if um, uh, the, the no migrants actually arrive, they'll give all the money back. Yeah. To which I'm yeah. thinking, well, hang on a minute, if they don't want the money, why have we given it to them in the first place? Yeah. Uh, why don't we do it the other way around? Like, for example, the way most normal people operate, if I'm going to buy something from you, I'm going to wait till you give it to me. Well, also, uh, if we do get... What he's saying, what's his name? Paul Kakani, isn't it? He's saying, uh, well, if you don't get a single migrant here, we'll give you all the money back. So uh, we should send, like, one migrant. And uh, that would be the most valuable migrant in the history of migrants because it'd be worth about 400 million quid. Well, to be fair, that's about as many as you'll probably get between now and the end of the fucking year because the idea that somehow all... Uh, human rights lawyers will stop trying to stop people being deported just because Rishi Sunak says that everything's fine in Rwanda is for the birds. It's yeah. absolutely nonsense. Yeah. Absolutely bloody ridiculous. Bottom- Everybody knows that these guys who make an awful lot of money defending uh, these fucking illegal migrants, they're not going to just stop doing it, are they? No, no, exactly. And, the, you know, the, the big sort of elephant in the room is that what Rishi has essentially said is... Uh, when we get, if we get this bill through, uh, if the ECHR, the European Court of Human Rights, tries to stop another flight, uh, I will or the government will overrule them. Well, why didn't they say that in the fucking first place? Yeah. Why didn't we fucking overrule that fucker who was in a restaurant when they rang him in Strasbourg, a taxi-ranked right. drudge, and said, well, oh, we've got this plane on the runway, can it take off? I, hang on a second, I'll just finish my brandy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it can't. No, absolutely right. That's another bird. That's well, why didn't we just say, I'll tell you what, finish your fucking meal and fuck right yeah. off. The plane takes off. But I've been saying this for as long as I can remember. All we have to do is fucking ignore them. Because that's what the French do. <laughs> that's what everybody that's what every- does. Every other country in Europe does. The Scandinavian countries manage to deport loads of people. Yeah. It's not a problem. And if the ECHR say fuck all about it, they just carry on and do it anyway. Yeah. One of the things that I found particularly amusing this week, though, is that apparently uh, Rwanda has let it be known 
that they're slightly unsure of how their image is now looking because they're associated with such a shit the show. Trick. Right? Like, this is a country this is a country where not more than about twenty five yeah. years ago they were chopping arms off each other yeah. because they were the wrong tribe. Yeah, but and they that, were committing war crimes every single day of the fucking week, but now they're ashamed to be associated with us. And who can blame them? I think that what the Rwandans right. should do is introduce into their parliament a safety of Britain bill. Yes. Uh, because it will fucking fail because Britain isn't fucking safe. No. Unlike Rwanda, which is safe. No, I mean, you've got more chance probably of being knifed to death on the streets yeah. of London than you have in the streets of fucking Kigali. Yeah, yeah I mean, you know, this safe... All the machetes have been moved over here. But I think it's a good, interesting innovation, you know, that Rishi's getting 650 MPs uh, to vote that Rwanda is safe, even though most of the fuckers couldn't even point to it on a map. No. Uh, so why don't we do, you know, with other countries, you know, I don't know, Somalia, Christ knows where, and also other countries, if we're going to make fucking uh, acts of parliament mm. about whether or not places are safe, why doesn't, uh, say, Rwanda or some foreign country pass the uh, Rishi, uh, rather, pass the Sadiq Khan's and Arsenal mm. Act or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, we could try that, but, I mean, it has been tried, and unfortunately he's still sitting there, yeah. uh, despite the fact that this week, asshole. Yeah, this week it came out that uh, he spent loads and loads of money on all sorts of ridiculous things, like a nighttime czar who's paid something like 107,000 quid to go out at night. A superannuated fucking DJ from BBC Radio 6 who seems to just fucking wander about doing fucking DJ nights in clubs. Then you've got the um, the cycling czar, Will Norman, who's on about 100,000 quid, lock, you know, locking us all out of our own fucking streets. Then you've got um, some other fucking diversity and inclusion czar on about £140,000. And they spent money, believe it or not, I didn't even know this, but during the summer, apparently last year, they spent money on making a beach somewhere in East London on the Thames, you know, down by... Some uh, yeah, I, know, I remember it. I remember it, yeah. What the fuck? So he's spending, like, hundreds of millions. He's, he's denying... His, his people in, in power are saying this is all exaggeration by the Daily Mail. But I don't think it is, because yeah. there's fucking categorical um, evidence of monies that he's spent, including the, yeah. that shit fireworks display, you know, presented by the Mayor of London. You yeah, know, the, the, the Mayor of London... Fuck right off. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what, if uh, uh, Sadiq Khan uh, says that the Mail's lying about him and his shit administration, tell you what, Sadiq, sue yes. the Daily Mail. I bet you that that lawsuit does not materialise, because I bet you the fucking Daily Mail is spot on about all those ludicrous fucking mm. publicity-seeking appointments. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's a bit like... Apparently he's got a, a bunch of fucking deputy mayors as well, like loads of them. Yeah, and almost as many as the Tory party. Well, the Tory party now has three, what, two it's left? Got, it's got three, yeah. Deputy no, three, chairman. Three, right? It's got three left. To lose uh, one Tory party deputy chairman is understandable. To lose two is frankly fucking careless. Mm. Uh, but uh, talking of lawsuits, yes. right, to go back to the royals, a story also emerged this week which I think fucking defies belief. It absolutely and utterly proves that not only are Meghan and Harry fucking liars, mm. they're prepared to uh, sue people to endorse their lies. Oh, yeah. So we learned this week uh, that the Queen 
uh, was incandescent with rage yes. that those two assholes in California stole her name, yeah. Lilibet. And her didn't ch- actually ask for permission. Didn't ask her. She didn't give the blessing. And the BBC, to its credit, reported this story. You know, the Queen very uh, disconcerted by the user. Uh, then other newspapers did it as well. They fired off those two people, legal letters, uh, telling newspapers and the BBC to desist from repeating this lie that the Queen had not given her blessing. It was not a lie. It was utterly fucking true. And the Queen, to her credit, said, I'm not backing you up on this, uh, you fuckers. And this is in the new Robert Hardman book. Yeah, this is in the Robert Hardman book, which shows... You know, not only are they prepared to lie, they're prepared to launch legal action uh, to endorse their own lies. Yeah. What the fuck well, is wrong with them? So they've got something in common with Michelle Moan then. They ah. like doing that. You know, that's when she went on uh, BBC television to say that uh, she did lie, but actually it was okay for her to lie because she was doing it to protect her family. Bullshit. When people went, yeah, well, you didn't just lie, did you? And she went, what do you mean? And they went, well, when people started to ask you uh, if you were sure that you weren't lying, you started threatening to fucking sue them yeah, and ruin them and like take their fucking houses. people always do, what they and, always and, do. And, you know, not so, it's a bit like the old... Um, uh, post office scenario it's not just about the fact that they lie it's about the fact that they use those lies to absolutely ruin people mm. and to threaten people and so this is what fucking bullies do isn't it so Harry and Meghan are bullies fucking Michelle Moan is a yeah. bully and so are the fucking post office absolutely and, and god the, damn them all to and hell the po- yeah, god damn them you know uh, but fucking you, you know the um, the post office thing is all about the establishment yes. isn't it it's all about uh, the big people, the the chief executive, mm. and the bosses and the boards yeah, yeah. all coming together, saying, "Well, oh, we've, re- we've really fucked up here, but uh, let's blame the little yeah. people, and right. we'll get away with it." That's how the establishment works. And every day, I'm really pleased about this. Every day, in every way, uh, people in this country are realizing how the British establishment works. And quite rightly, they're saying to the British establishment, why don't you lot go and fuck yourselves? Yeah, exactly. Smash the yeah. establishment and we'll have a better country. Yeah, you're starting to sound like a bit of a communist there. You're going back to your I don't roots. like the establishment, I never have. I never have either. You know, it's funny when people say to me, oh, you're just like one of them. I'm really not, you know. And in fact, I try my very level best never to fucking defend them. You know, the idea that people think I'm some kind of fucking Tory is laughable. You know, I might have some right-wing views. It doesn't make me a Tory because they're not very fucking right-wingers. Yeah, that's it exactly what out. I said this morning. You know, people Somebody said to me, why do you always vote Tory? I said, I've never voted no, Tory. No, me neither. Tory in my life. And do you want to know why? They're not fucking left wing. They're too fucking left wing. They're yeah. not right wing enough. Exactly All right? right. There you go. Now we're going to take a little break here. We're going to hear from our friends at Shopify. Hey, Kevin, do you know what that means? It's that something I've been hearing a lot lately. It's that ka noise. And I have to say, uh, it sounds like money to me. But I feel like I'm missing out because it seems like everyone is either starting a side hustle or a business or becoming their own boss. And do you know what they're hearing a lot of? It's this sound. It's the sound of yet another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run and grow your very own business. Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionising millions of businesses worldwide. And it's coming to the UK. It's in the UK. You can get hold of it anytime you want, whether you're selling t-shirts, whether you're selling podcasts, whether you're selling uh, any kind of merchandise, whether you're selling fine art, uh, or whether you're selling flaky salt, uh, you could also be selling something to do with fashion, homes and gardens, health and beauty. You know, I mean, Christmas is coming up after all. Uh, you might as well get a bit of a boost covering 
all of your sales channels. Shopify simplifies selling online and in person so you can successfully grow your own business. It gives you a shopfront ready point of sale system. So it's all in one e-commerce platform. Shopify even gets you selling across social media marketplaces like Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, it's full of the industry leading tools ready to ignite your growth. Shopify gives you complete control over your business and your brand without learning new skills in design or coding. So I think even you could probably use it. Thanks to 24-7 help and with an extensive business course library, Shopify is also ready to support your success every step of the way. Um, and also, what's lovely about Shopify is that no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify will be there to empower you with the confidence and the control to take your business to the next level. A little bit when we decided to go out there and start doing live shows and when we started doing podcasts and we started doing all sorts of other things and merchandise and all of that. You know, it's time to get serious about selling and get Shopify today. Uh, this is all possibility powered by Shopify. Uh, sign up for £1 per month trial period at shopify.co.uk slash thoughtpolice. It's all lowercase. So go to shopify.co.uk slash thoughtpolice to take your business to the next level. Don't forget, shopify.co.uk slash thoughtpolice. Now, I've got some bad news for you, Kev. I don't know how you like to sort of prance around in the West End looking at uh, theatres and things like that, right? <laughs> Apparently, the operatic adaptation of The Handmaid's Tale oh, yeah. um, is going to be cancelled uh, because the English National Opera's orchestra and chorus... <laughs> sorry yeah. for laughing. They're going to strike on the opening night, Well, right? I know why. Well, uh, tell the Musicians, tell cause, musicians cause Union Equity have announced the strike, um, presumably because they say they want more money. Well, it's a bit more than that. It's that the English National Opera is being forced Possibly uh, moved out of London because the Arts Council say unless you you know geographically correctly move away oh, yeah. from the capital, kind of Manchester. you're going to you will lose your grant your right. million pound your million, multi million pound grant and without that the English National Opera ceases to exist yeah. and all these people these poor musicians and chorus they don't singers, make loads of money yeah of course basically. they don't but they they got houses and families and homes here in London yeah. uh, to tell them to all fuck off to Manchester you know that, that's yeah. just not fair who the fuck are these people making these decisions is this the Arts Council these yeah Arts these, Council these are these fucking twats right who go oh yeah um, it's really good to uh, spread the wealth around the country um, and so what we're going to do is we're going to make loads of people move to the north of England and where do you live uh, I live in Barnes uh, just uh, west of uh, Hammersmith very nice there uh, I've got lovely schools kids are all very happy uh, are you moving to the north of England no 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 absolutely not they're all sending people off to fucking live in other parts of the country but they stay the fuck in London yeah they call right? it ge geographical correctness yes uh, which is like, just like the BBC when all the bosses sent everybody to yeah. fucking Manchester to Salford Media City but they Yes. The reason the reason I'm laughing at this though is notwithstanding what you say about the, the, the workers and, and you know good luck to them. But it's all these fucking champagne socialists, right? Because you can imagine all the people that go to the English National Opera will be like, oh yes, I really support the NHS doctors and the nurses and mm -hmm. we're not giving them enough money. And also, I really support the train drivers strike because, you know, people should be able to make a decent living. Well, fuck you lot, because now you can't go to the opera. Uh, no, I've, been to, um, I've been to the English National Opera. They, I'm sure you have. They, uh, uh, they perform at the Coliseum Theatre, a really good theatre. Yeah. Um, I don't think and I've they been put, there. And they put on good productions, and uh, you know, I hate opera. Though. What, what, I'm not. I fucking hate it's it. It's not my favourite form of uh, entertainment. It's too long. But 
uh, fuck me, uh, the, the, you know, sending them to Manchester is destroying yeah. uh, a fine... Well, who's going to go to the opera in fucking Manchester? <laughs> I'm sorry to be, you know, Northist about it, yeah. but you know what I mean, lad? Fucking hell, what's that shite? They're, 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 all, they're all down the fucking <laughs> Old Trafford and Man City, aren't they? Fighting. Yeah. Uh, no, exactly. No, It's, it's, it's ridiculous, It's destructive. It? Plainly un- fucking ridiculous. Destructive went, and unnecessary. I don't know if I've told this story to yeah. you before, but I once went to the Bolshoi ballet came to New York I've seen the Bolshoi ballet and uh, I went with my then I can't remember if we were married or not but my the woman I married anyway um, and my sister and her then boyfriend it was Alan Hall who you know well yeah um, and uh, it was so fucking you know such a big thing you know New York was absolutely thrilled to have the Bolshoi's there you know the greatest ballet company that the world has ever seen it was at Lincoln Center which is a lovely place up New Columbus Circle and uh, it was fucking awful. We went, <laughs> we went there, right? And Alan and I shit. very much dragged against our will, you know, to buy it, to be cultural. And uh, the thing that I couldn't understand was like this. And you can hear all these tapping feet, you know. And I was like, surely the fucking music should be louder. I don't want to hear all these people's feet on yeah. the fucking Why stage, right? Bad. Uh, and it was Ivan the Terrible they were doing, which later became known as Ivan the Terrible Cunt. Um, <laughs> And he and I fucked up at half time, went to the pub, what do you left think them of, there. What do you think of Ivan? The, what do you think of Ivan the Terrible? Terrible! Uh, yeah, uh, what a terrible uh, cunt he was. Uh, guess what? I saw, I saw the uh, Bolshoi Ballet. Guess what I saw? In Russia? Moscow. Fucking hell. <laughs> See, the, start putting the pieces together of your rather curious political past. Uh, Were you invited by the Kremlin? Uh, no, I was just there. So, uh, well, you went on holiday there. Yeah, really? Well, not all of You don't it. sound as though you're being I entirely went, truthful. I went there with... Well, I went there when I was at school. <laughs> it was a school trip. School trip to Moscow. Well, I did a Russian only. Christ almighty. Did you? Yeah. Well, can you speak Russian then? Uh, well, I wouldn't say not very much. I could do a few words. Really? Go on. Yeah, so... Uh, I could do Dostvidania. Yeah, Dostvidania. Kak vajavu. Yajavu v Hamstedje. So that's uh, where do you live? I live in Hampstead. Like all Russians. So there's all these cases, genitive. That's very impressive. Have I never known this? Yeah. That's so uh, secretive. Yeah. Fucking O'Sullivan, right? I've known him fucking 40 years. I didn't know he fucking spoke Russian. <laughs> anyway. That's a bit of an exaggeration. Well, you speak more Russian than uh, I do. They, they, the one thing I remember for just bizarre reasons uh, is their word for church or one of the ones. Yeah. And it's just a, such a lovely word. It's Tselkov. No, that is nice. Silk. Well, a lot of their words are rather nice, aren't they? They are. It's a, it's a great language, mm. but it's fucking complicated. It yeah. is really complicated. I did get the O-level, but uh, I can't pretend to be conversationally proficient Yeah, but still, in if, Russian. if it ever kicks off in uh, some kind of uh, outside uh, place, like a restaurant, because there was a time when I used to go out quite a bit, in, sort of around about probably 10, 10, 12 years ago, there was loads of Russians always in every fucking place you went, anywhere in London. And I'm getting into a fight with one guy one night because I was shit-faced. And it was probably very, um, very unwise. I can't remember what it was about. But I was somewhere in Soho and this fucking Russian guy started kind of giving me some shit. And so I just started giving him some shit back. And I mean, for all I knew, he was probably going to pull a fucking gun out. Yeah, Kalashnikov. Uh, yeah, uh, or he had fucking, you know, bodyguards yeah. around the corner. But for, but for some reason, it would have been useful to have you there, because you could have said, you could tell him to fuck off. Because yeah, yeah, then you know how to fuck, tell him to fuck okay. off in Russian. Because uh, that's one of the first things you use. I did know, but I've forgotten. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, good language, interesting language. So great. When, I mean, great. When they invade, I'll be ready. I'm sure it's an interesting country. I mean, I've never been to Russia. I've, I would have quite liked to go before now. Now, I'm not so sure. You know. Oh no, I think it's enemy territory. I mean, my sister days. took the train. She and my mother went and did the train journey, I think from Moscow to St. Petersburg. 
and they said it was brilliant, they really enjoyed it. But basically the currency they all wanted was Marlboro cigarettes yeah. and you could get anything you wanted from Marlboro cigarettes. They were exchanging Marlboro cigarettes for bottles of champagne. You just brought something you know? back to me. You just brought something back to me. Uh, when we went uh, to uh, Russia, we sailed there on a ship called the Baltica, oh, yeah. which was very famous uh, for being used to deport uh, about 107 Russian spies mm. who were based in Britain. We kicked them all out for about a year before we got on the fucking thing. Anyway, we then uh, we sailed to uh, Russia, you know, via uh, Finland, Sweden, and all that, and Denmark. Got to Leningrad. And uh, but they told us before when you go because we're going to meet other mm. Russian school kids. Yeah. They said take biros and chewing gum. Yeah. Because that is the biggest treat in the yeah. world for these kids. Biros and chewing gum. So that's your communist fucking paradise. Yeah. Kids without biros or chewing gum. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? But I mean, I remember going to Europe on holiday when we were kids, and there was lots of things that they wanted from Britain. I'm not sure that would be the case now if you ever went to any part of, you know, like the Mediterranean or, you know, even further east into Eastern Europe. There's not much you can't get now in the rest of the world, is it? Yeah, uh, no, exactly. And in those, but in those days, I always remember, you know, we went to see other Russian, went to a Russian school. Yeah. Meet How old were you? Uh, about 16. Or Actually, old enough to, old to, enough. to, yeah, we to go we shagging. But these kids, did you get the, any, did these you kids, they Russian treated girlfriend? us, they treated us like visiting superstars from another planet. Yeah. And what it proved is uh, to live in a communist, communist country is utter fucking shit. Yes. Uh, those poor kids. Yeah. Uh, and you can, all these oligarchs and, uh, who make money in Russia these days. And then leave. Uh, who can blame them? They yeah. grew up in a shithole. Right, absolutely. So there's no, there's no tales to tell of sort of, you know, teenage... I've got another, I've got um, another story about... Uh, when we holiday romances. Check this out. Uh, it wasn't without incident, our uh, school trip to uh, Leningrad and Russia. Uh, uh, in Mos- sorry, in Moscow. In Moscow, we're staying in this hotel. You get it, This was real Cold mm. War days. So yeah. They'd say, don't go out too far. If you must go out for a walk, just stay within. So, so me and another uh, kid, we go out for a walk, just to sort of walk around the block, have a look around. And we're walking down the street. And uh, this bloke just fell over in front of us. And uh, we ended up being like fucking witnesses, coppers that took complete because he died. Oh Jesus! He just died. What? Just some alcohol? So we go. No, no, no. Oh yeah, that's what they do. I don't know if they still do it, but in those days. So you know, another reason it's shit to be in a communist country. So you know, we have those things called pubs and uh, restaurants. So fucking Russia in those days, the best they had with these huge fucking barrels mm. uh, with a bloke standing there with a tap right. on the corner of the street yeah. and you see all these people freezing their bollocks yeah. off just having a pipe yeah. standing by yeah. that was their idea of a pub yeah. and we went to their, their big store was called uh, Gok or something like that uh, Goff or something it's their big department mm. store right by uh, the Red Square you know yeah. the Kremlin and all that so he goes, oh, we've got to see Goff go. I'll look it up. Anyway, uh, so we go there, open the doors. It's, so from the outside, it looked a bit, I don't know, slightly self or mm. not quite Harris, but, you know, quite a kind of standard issue. Uh, Decent-looking facade. A shop yeah. Uh, uh, facade, yeah. 
department store. So we go in and it's like a fucking jumble sale. <laughs> it's just like loads of clothes all piled all over the floor right. with old ladies right. just sifting Jeez. through them. Shit old. It's a, but an interesting trip. Yeah, interesting. Well, well we, we, there, we learn we? something more about Kevin every single oh. time we do one of these. Now, we're going to take another little break here because we're going to hear from our friends at AG1. Um, which, of course, is the new nutritional drink that everybody's going for. Hey, Kev, have you heard about AG1? It's a brand new way to achieve wellness, and it's really simple to use. And after the Christmas and New Year we've had, might just be the ticket. AG1 is a daily nutrition supplement, and it's empowering people to take ownership of their health. It's designed by scientists, and it's a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 high-quality ingredients. Just one scoop, once a day, one glass of water. It all takes less than a minute, and the people at AG1 can help you with just how to get it working for you. It takes seconds to mix each morning, but it helps to support your brain, your heart, your energy, and even your immunity health as well. And if that's not a good New Year resolution, I don't know what is. I've already introduced my family to it, and they're loving it. It improves your focus when you've got a lot on, and the B vitamin support sustained energy throughout the day without the caffeine crash you get from coffee. AG1 is also your daily dose of vitamin C, zinc, functional mushrooms and more to support overall immune health. You'll find your mood balance improves and your stress levels are more manageable too. And you know that makes sense. I know you're going to try it out at home too, Kevin. In your case, it's going to be great because it's going to be good for your hair, for your nails, your skin and even for that heart of yours, which needs a little bit of help. Um, and also, you never know, uh, your other half might appreciate you better too. And in case you're wondering, we can tell you that AG1 is made from the highest quality ingredients under the strictest manufacturing standards. And it's certified for sports use as well, because it's been tested for over 280 banned substances. That's right. So in sport, you don't have to worry about using something that's going to get you into some kind of trouble. It's an effortless daily habit that you'll really thank yourself for getting involved in. And you can do it here, of course, with the Thought Police, because you know we're always here to help. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Here's what you do. You go to drinkag1.com forward slash thoughts police. That's drinkag1.com forward slash thought police. You know it makes sense. Check it out. Now, you were telling me a story the other day about your latest um, adventure out in London where you managed to uh, book a table at a restaurant and they tried to make you fucking sit outside. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, in this weather? Uh, oh, by the way, the Arctic blast, we shouldn't, we shouldn't uh, forget about you walking like a penguin today. You've also done that. Where in Scotland, they put it, they've actually put out in NHS Scotland... Walk like a penguin so you don't fall over. What a fucking load of old shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They literally put out pictures of penguins uh, because if you walk like a penguin, flat-footed, you know, waddling from side to side, you won't fall over in the icy conditions. Go to Twitter. Uh, You can look it up on Talk TV or on At TV Kev. You can see me uh, giving that a try. Uh, But, um, yeah, so Saturday, it was my wife Henrietta's birthday. Well, it's actually her birthday yesterday, but we went out uh, for a big night on uh, the nearest Saturday. Saturday to her special occasion. Uh, she's reached the age of 30 again. Uh, and uh, so we go to this restaurant. I'm not going to name it, you know, but uh, let, let me just say it's a flash restaurant. Uh, I booked the table and uh, they go, yeah, yeah, here's your table. And it's, <laughs> so, so they just led this, this fucking table out in the street. Right. And I go, uh, I don't think I want to in sit... In the freezing yeah. cold weather? It's, it's minus three. There's this thing. I don't really want to sit outside. Well, that's what you booked. Yeah. 
I said, no, I fucking didn't. Right. Why would you well, I said, to sit exactly outside? what I said. I said, yeah. why would I book to sit outside in the middle of fucking January? And she, she said, this is the main tradition. She goes, I don't know. I don't Jesus know. Anyway, we've written to that. Re- uh, so, I, so then they said, oh, we found you a table inside. It was utter shit. So I said, have a look at your ass. Yeah. Uh, and we went to... Uh, <laughs> so we is that another place where we go back to? We went to another uh, restaurant where they'd run out of food. So at that stage, uh, I went to uh, ended up in the Ivy uh, main restaurant on West Street. Very nice. Just uh, and we they they said I said can you get me in now? I mean I know them there. It's quite hard to get a table. They said I can't get you a table. Right. But a couple of seats at the bar. I said absolutely fine. Absolutely great night. Lovely food. But you know that's what London's coming to. Three restaurants before you find a decent place to fucking. I eat. know that is absolutely fucking ridiculous, isn't it? But the thing that I keep saying. I don't know whether it depends on the day and it's not I'm not usually around that much of the weekends but you know everywhere I go anywhere near any fucking outside you know entertainment hospitality it's pretty fucking busy you know pubs are pretty oh, busy yeah, yeah. restaurants are pretty busy I know people will say well it's not like that around the rest of the country but I mean there's a lot of people spending a load of money we had that ridiculous fucking shit this week where it's blue Monday and people are supposed to be all depressed because it's the third Monday in January actually it's the day that everybody books a summer holiday and there's loads of people booking fucking summer holidays yeah. so all this talk of nobody having any money yeah. I'm not quite sure where it comes from well yeah I mean you know the cost of living crisis and all that of course a lot of people are suffering but as you quite rightly say Mike you go to the centre of every city say Manchester London Birmingham wherever uh, and you check out the flash restaurants of a Saturday night yes. they're fucking heaving Yeah. they're fucking heaving so you know people are suffering but not everyone no exactly right what about Kyle Walker? Should we talk about him? He is the world's fucking most idiotic footballer. He comes uh, comes into a close second. This story comes into a close second to the whole Wagatha Christie load of old bollocks. So the only reason I think it's funny is because actually I've got a sort of, not a sneaking admiration for Kyle Walker, but I just think finally we've got back to a footballer who's behaving like a footballer should behave, i.e., banging a fucking load of other women <laughs> and basically having two kids with a different woman to the one he's had three kids with who he happens to be married Jesus. to he seems to have no fucking shame gets his cock out in restaurants and all sorts of things <laughs> he is the quintessentially bad boy footballer Kyle Wanker and, you know but you know at least they're not taking a fucking knee anymore yeah exactly uh, trying um, to make out that they're all virtuous like Gary fucking Lineker well there's this, uh, there's this uh, girl from uh, Towie in the only way is Essex Lauren Goodger uh, he, she's got a kid by him, and uh, he's so got two, I think. two kids by him. Uh, she, uh, uh, he said, no, 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 not true. Yeah, uh, to his wife, absolutely not true. So Lauren Good just sent her the DNA results, right. <laughs> prove it is his kid. <laughs> Uh, he's now desperately trying to save his marriage. And do you know why? Because it's going to cost him yeah, a fucking fortune. Because he's so thick, he hasn't got a prenup. So yeah. she's after him for half, at least half of the 27 million. But this do is, you remember him in the... Sorry. No, I was going to say, just a couple of details that yeah, I wanted go to on, give go you. On, go on, go on. Um, so when he got kicked out for the second time from the family home, the first occasion being in 2019. When he got kicked out the second time, um, he basically took advantage of his exile by inviting two young women, variously described as sex workers, escorts and cool girls, over to his rented flat in Hale for an orgy. Um, and that was in April 2020. 
when he was actually supposed to be in lockdown. In lockdown, yeah. Well, that, that's it. He got caught with these uh, two prostitutes. Hookers. Uh, hookers. Uh, and uh, so was like, well, you just broke the fucking lockdown rules. You're in big trouble. Uh, so he gets into his car, drives all the... You're not allowed to drive anywhere, yeah. by the way, then. He drives all the way from Manchester to Leeds right. to see his sister, knocks on his right, sister's door, and his here. sister goes, Kyle, you're not really getting this fucking locking thing, are you? You fucking idiot. Yeah, but, Go you know, home. But there's a piece in the Times this week, and you just got to, you know, you, when you look at him as the kind of proper football stereotype you know I'd much prefer to have a night out with Carl Walker and fucking Marcus Rashford uh, talking about free school meals for children uh, or Jordan Henderson and Mark Noble uh, raising funds for the NHS I mean do fuck off Jordan, Jordan Henderson it's all going wrong for him in yeah, Saudi Arabia yeah well Jordan Henderson's playing for uh, some uh, Saudi Arabia El Arabi El Arabi and he's, he's absolutely stunned to nobody find... can name any teams in Saudi Arabia yeah, yeah because nobody fucking cares right. He's on about like a million pounds. Seven hundred thousand a week. Uh, he's shocked to discover that every game he plays, there's no, sh- there's no crap. Right. Nobody goes and watches. And it. nobody gives a nobody shit. Gives and a nobody gives. Nobody knows the score, and nobody knows what the yeah. fuck is going yeah. on. Yeah. So uh, you know, he puts out the feelers. Uh, I want to come back to Europe, play some proper football. And uh, Ajax, the uh, famous Dutch team, said, "Oh, we might be interested." Yeah. El or whatever the fuck it is, he plays for. They said, "Well, he's got a con." That's going to fucking cost you a few million quid. Yeah. Uh, Ajax go, oh, I don't know if he's worth that much. So right. Jordan Henderson looks like he's going to buy himself out of his contract. <laughs> so he's going to come back to Ajax, you know, about like fucking 50 million quid down. No, oh, what a twat. What an idiot. But what this a is fucking... the trouble. Well, Mitrovic went there as well, didn't he? How's yeah, he he, I, do you know what my... I, I start, like most, touch, like most Fulham fans, I... I uh, cut off all interest in that fucking traitor when he went to uh, when he went to um, our, uh, to Saudi Arabia to make a lot of money. Don't blame him for making a lot of money, but he didn't treat us at all well, considering he was beloved of the crowd. We thought he loved us as well. Yeah. Uh, he just said, "Fuck it, I'm off to make." Some. I don't mind. Uh, don't forget, Mitro's pushing thirty, so it's the time to make some money. But how is he getting on? I have no. Nobody fun. knows. I have no idea. Because that's the problem. Same with Ronaldo. I mean, every now and again. Um, you know, Piers Morgan puts out another post saying he scored another fucking goal or something. But I mean, you wouldn't be surprised. It's Saudi bloody Arabia, isn't it? Yeah, and also, you know, again, Ronaldo is what now? 37, 38? Nearly 40. No one can blame him for cashing in because he is literally at the end of his career. I don't blame people making money then, but Jordan Henderson, typical uh, footballer moron, yes. didn't really thought he was going to be going and playing in grounds like Old Trafford right. and fucking Anfield. But he's, instead... He's playing in these sort of fucking fly-blown desert stadiums right. with fuck all anybody right. in them. And when they're not playing football, they're executing people. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, he's playing in a different five. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> so where's your team in the league then, Jordan? Doesn't matter, no one cares. Yeah. Like, it's true. It's exactly right. True. Fuck you know. So anyway, um, I guess we're coming to the end. Mm-hmm. Um, by this time next week when we do this, I wonder if there'll be a no fucking government. I wonder if there'll be no fucking prime minister. Uh, whether they force him out or not, I'm, I don't know. I don't really care at this point either. Because uh, you know I mean, what? they're, they're done, aren't they? The Tories uh, are just fucking done. The Tories done. are done. Uh, they're going sooner or later, if not sooner. And, you know, I just think, I've, I've got, 
I've got nothing against Sunak. I just think he's a shit politician who's made some terrible decisions and he's terrified to disturb the universe. That's his problem. He's, yeah. a, he's fucking so risk averse. He's a coward. And he's standing why didn't there. He fucking turn, why mm. didn't he turn the fucking boats around? Right. And he's standing there making out like he's only just fucking woken up to this problem. As if, you know, it hasn't been here yeah. for the last yeah. five fucking years. Yeah. Hi, guys. I will make laws, you know, within international law, yeah. obeying all the rules. It's like, Rishi, you want to win the next election? Go and tell international law to stick international law up its own mm. fucking ass. Yeah. That's what the people of Britain want. They want to turn the boats around and stop these fucking migrants coming into this country. And not only have you done nothing to stop them, uh, it's getting worse. And then we find out you're letting a million fucking legal migrants in every fucking yeah. year. Unfucking believable. So I think he deserves to go because he's basically politically a little coward. Yeah, I think politically he's a busted flush, quite frankly. That's anybody sure. gives a shit sure. talk about you know not giving a shit about Jordan Henderson and fucking Saudi Arabian football I don't think anybody gives a shit about yeah. the Tories anymore. yeah that's what Rishi's going to be doing this time next season he'll be playing for El Arquette <laughs> United alongside Mitro yeah. and Jordan Henderson in yeah. Saudi Arabia midfield dynamo yeah <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how it goes anyway don't do anything fucking stupid in the meantime go fuck yourselves uh, go fuck yourselves we'll see you later Thanks. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.